Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 25 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. And this time, we're a couple days removed from the game. The Giants played on Thursday, defeated the Washington Redskins 32-21. And now we look forward to week four, assess this team through three games of the 2015 season. So finally, we have something positive to talk about. With me, as always, we have Jordan. Jordan, how are you, bud? A victory, Joe. I'm doing good. Finally, we have a victory to talk about. Something positive, and that was the Giants' victory on Thursday night, and obviously along with us as well this week. James, how are you, man? Excellent, Joe. How are you? Finally got to well. a giant win. Yes, a giant win. We, we joked last week they wouldn't go 0-16. They didn't. Uh, they got themselves a win, 32-21 on Thursday night. Football first division victory of the year, first overall victory of the year. Um, before we we kind of move away from the game, because you know usually we do this podcast on a Monday after a Sunday game. We're really reacting to the game. You know we've reacted. You guys have written a ton last week and this weekend about the game. Uh, before we move on and kind of look forward and assess this team as where they are right now, uh, just give me one quick thought on what you saw Thursday night. Uh, Ruben Randall obviously had a nice game. Eli played well. The Giants made some big plays. Jordan, your thoughts on the game Thursday night uh, when in the moment and now has you had some time to think about it here? All right, Joe, they, they finally get their first victory of the season. And what you really look at here is the Giants are winning the battle of the turnover. That is huge here. Plus five for the Giants here in the first three weeks of the season. No interceptions by Eli Manning. These are things that – that is how you win football games in the NFL is by winning the battle of the turnovers. Also, their special teams, I know they gave up the late touchdown on the kickoff return. They were – they're infin, infinitely improved from last year. So these are two things, I think, that helped the Giants win that game. They were obviously the better team. Eli Manning greater than Kirk Cousins. I think everybody knows that. Uh, the, the Redskins really just had no chance. They are exactly what we thought they were. So Giants get the win. Good win, did what, took care of business, did what they had to do. But are we believers? I don't know. I, I still need to see more against a quality team before I'm going to believe that this team is going anywhere. Yeah, I think we're going to have to. That's, that, that's a fair way to put it, that we're going to have to see more and we're going to have to watch this team progress here from where they were on Thursday night, which wasn't perfect, but uh, they got themselves a win uh, and moved forward here. They got their first win of the year, so that monkey's off their back. And I thought it was funny after the game, Tom Coughlin saying, you know what, guys, it, it's time to smile. we got to win. Yeah, I mean, you got to smile. They, they, they got through that fourth quarter, even though Coughlin even said afterwards, they weren't happy with how the way they finished, and it's still something to worry. 
I mean, they were running to the line. First of all, what are they doing running to the line? The punt with 15 seconds left. I still don't understand it. I don't understand the, the, the throw out of the two-minute warning. I know Coughlin said they wanted to end the game with the ball in their hands. That's just not a smart move there. I'm sorry. He said he'd defend it all day. And you know what? I defend the other way the all day. Uh, at the two-minute warning, you don't go and throw the football. They have no timeouts left. They're down two scores. You take that 40 seconds. You knock it down to 120-ish. You give them the ball back and say, hey, go and score. Go 80 yards and score twice with a minute and 20 left in the game. You don't throw the ball and give them a full two minutes just to make any sense to me again. But, you know, you smile because they got the win regardless, no matter what happened at the end, and they have a victory. And the, the hopefully the first two weeks can be put behind them now. Hopefully it can. How about for you, James? This team goes in and beats the Redskins on Thursday night. They get their first victory. Your big takeaway, now they've had a few days to kind of digest and, and rewatch and rethink about that game. You know, my big takeaway was, yes, they won the game, but they still are having trouble finishing. You're up 25-6 to early in the fourth quarter. You let Kirk Cousins go 74 yards right down the field on you. Then you make it 32-14 on Randall's spectacular you know, juggling catch. And you let Rashad Ross run, return a kick 102 yards for a touchdown. And let's not forget, both of the times after those scores, the Redskins attempt, attempted onside kicks. A complete adventure for the Giants. Those balls were up in the air. They were loose balls. They could have been recovered by the Redskins, and Washington could have had even more of a rally in there. And I know Jordan talked about the time management at the end. It was kind of shaky again. So I think it's a good win. The Giants should have some confidence, but they've got to get the end of games. So yeah, let's let's out. take let's take Ruben Randall off the uh, hands team. Anyone anyone else okay with that? I mean, it, come on, he couldn't he could barely bend for the ball there. It was just a disaster. It wasn't good. Even on a night Ruben Randall has a good night, has the seven catches, makes some plays. Uh, it can't all be perfect. All right, let's do this, guys. As we go through this <laughs> podcast, episode twenty-five of Talk is Cheap. I think Giants fans right now are sitting back, they're looking at the division, looking at a win on Thursday night and saying, should I buy in? Should I believe? Should I not? Is it too early? So what we'll do here um, for the rest of this podcast until we preview this Bills game, we'll go through the different aspects of this team and we'll decide whether or not we should believe in what we're seeing, believe in something positive, or maybe not quite yet believe. So let's start. I want to go where James went there to start with the fourth quarter. And are we believing or buying into the fact that the Giants – you know, really might not be a good fourth quarter team. This might be an issue all year long. They once again give up a ton of points in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was 25-6 at one point when Odell Beckham makes the touchdown catch, uh, and the game turned out to be much closer than that in the end, and well, maybe a little bit dicey towards the end, even though I thought the Giants had it the whole time. So we'll go to James first on this because he mentioned it. James, are you, are you believing that this is going to be an issue for the Giants all year long, the fourth quarter issues? Blue two games and then Thursday against the Redskins, they let them back in a little bit. Yes, I am believing it's starting to look like an issue because we're three weeks in, and every week it seems we have some strange, inexplicable, boneheaded blunder or lack of you know urgency. Um, they just don't seem to be able to get this straightened out yet. And I think two weeks in, you know, okay, maybe it was just flukes. Three weeks in, it's a trend now. Jordan, yeah, how about I'm, you on I'm going, Yeah, I'm going with Believer. They're three for three. What else tells me otherwise that it's not going to be a problem right now? I don't see any evidence telling me otherwise at this point. They, they bungled the first game, obviously. They threw the pass. Uh, you know, they, they 
Rashad Jennings didn't score. The second game, Eli made a terrible uh, decision on the on the fumble. He held the ball too long and didn't didn't see Preston Parker. The only thing he couldn't do is take take that penalty. They bungled the end of that game as well later on. And then this last week, they had a pretty bad fourth uh, fourth quarter where they tried their best to let the Redskins back in it. So until I see otherwise, believe her that this is going to be a problem. Now to me, and, and also and also let's I mean. Eli Manning's been – he has a history of fourth-quarter comebacks, but it's been a while. We haven't really seen – I think, you know, one real fourth-quarter comeback in the last two-and-a-half seasons. We haven't seen it in a while, so until we see it, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Believer. It's funny you mention that, Jordan, because the first thing that pops in my head when you guys both, you know, are saying you believe this could be an issue all year long was that I feel like with teams, sometimes it becomes in your head how you perform in the fourth quarter. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, and I thought – in 2011, Jordan, with the Giants, uh, the year they won their second Super Bowl under Eli and Tom, it became a positive, self-fulfilling prophecy. I thought that they just had a, it was a feeling with that team going into the fourth quarter. If it was close, they were probably going to win the game, and Eli probably was going to drive him down to win a game, and it really worked that way all the way through the Super Bowl. You wonder now if this gets in their heads a little bit. I mean, we could just banter back and forth on a podcast, but I mean, I wonder how many weeks in until they start having that feeling on the sideline like, yeah, we're up, but... Uh, we don't really close games well. Do you think that happens with teams, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it happens with teams. You know, they get in that spot and they start thinking about it. And until they do otherwise, I, I don't see how they cannot think about it. There, hey, we can, we got to not blow this game. We got to we got to finish. 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 I mean, that's what's being pounded into their head. And until you do it, I mean, Justin Pugh told me that last week. It's the only way to, to learn how to finish. It's to gain experience, and that means doing it on the field, and so that's going to be there until we see otherwise. Right. It could be one of those things where if they finally do finish well, they get one under their belt, like you're saying, they're a pew, maybe it could, it could change the fortune a little bit. All right, let's jump to Eli Manning, because we, we mentioned him and how you know he was once the master of fourth-quarter comebacks, haven't had a ton recently, but he has played mistake-free football here, no interception so far through the three games, and... You know, his numbers through 19 games now with Ben McAdoo's system, much better than the two years uh, preceding that when the Giants really started to fall apart offensively. James, we'll go to you first in this. Are you believing in Eli Manning and this kind of new turnover-free Eli? We know he had the mental gaffe in week one and, and maybe a, a similar one in week two. But in terms of turnovers, he's protected the football very well through three games. Yeah, Joe, I mean, the only, the only turnover he's had is that fumbled strip sack against the Falcons. Obviously. Which was a costly one, obviously. Yes, it was. Which was a backbreaker. But, um, you know, can I push on this one? I'll let you know if I'm a believer after this, this Sunday in Buffalo. Um, because, you know, I think that he's going to have a major test against that the Bills defense and that secondary. But, uh, you know, I guess I'll say I'm a, I'm a mild believe. I think he's much more comfortable in the offense in the second year. He's making good decisions. Um, he seems to be reading the whole field and not just necessarily throwing the ball in one direction. Um, so, yeah, I will say it's a mild belief. I think that he's playing good football. He's being smart with the football. But, you know, he's going to have a really tough test on Sunday. I'll tell you what I'm a believer in, right? I'm, in a, believe, I'm a believer in that Eli Manning's going to have a pretty good year. I mean, this offense is obviously better suited for him at this stage of his career. Uh, with the offensive line that the Giants have, they get the ball out quickly. They're able to scheme around the line a little bit. The ball, you know, he, he throws the ball very quickly. There's he has uh, Odell Beckham, who's just 
you know, one of the best players in the league flat out. I mean, and if Victor Cruz could come back and give him anything, uh, this is going to be a good offense. They, they do have to run the ball better. That would help them out. But, and look, is Eli Manning going to have a couple games where you do obviously a couple things where you just scratch your head? Of course, we already saw it. He's a 12-year veteran, and he threw the ball on third, third and goal with the no timeouts in, in week one. He took a, a bad sack in week two. He's going to throw some interceptions. He's going to have a, a game, hopefully not as bad, quite as bad as San Francisco last year. But he's going to have a game along those lines where he's going to throw multiple interceptions and he's not going to look very good. Every quarterback has their bad games. Eli's going to have his bad games. He's not a guy who goes out there and is great every week, but he's going to have a good, solid season. The offense is made for him. He has some solid weapons around him. Uh, you could tell by the turnover, touchdown, the turnovers so far this year. Uh, all the evidence is there after building off last year. All the evidence is there that he's, Eli Manning is going to have a solid season. So I'm a believer in Eli Manning having a solid season. I'm not a believer in Eli Manning going to play mistake-free, turnover-free football. There's nothing in his background that says that Eli Manning is going to do that consistently over a 16-game season. So count me out on that one, but count me in on Eli having a solid season. Uh, turnovers, you brought up turnovers, and I think that is – you know, every year it seems like we go to the postseason, we get to the end of the year, and you look up at which teams made the playoffs compared to which teams didn't. And, yeah, there's an outlier or two once in a while, but usually it's the teams that are have the big positive turnover differential. They, they're they the team that made it. And the, Giants the Giants are the outlier right now. I mean, they're the outlier right now. They're, they're plus five, and they don't have, they have more losses than they do wins. Right. They are right now. But you would think if that continues, that would you know, that's a good omen for the Giants. And they're facing another team this coming week, the Buffalo Bills, who are also very good thus far uh, with the turnover differential. But the Giants on defense, they're causing turnovers. On offense so far, they're limiting turnovers. We'll go to James first on this one. Are you believing or not believing this will continue? Kind of both sides of it here. The Giants limiting their own turnovers on offense and being a defense that creates them. It's a good combination. Do you believe they can keep this up? I am going to say I am not a believer in that just because I, I agree with Jordan. I think, listen, the, the history, the track record, Eli's, you know, pass, tells us that offense is going to start. He's going he's gonna to throw some interceptions. And the, the all other players on the offense – the ball security is our issue. I mean, when they were in Dallas, they had, what, four balls on the carpet? You know, Larry Donnell is not a great guy to protect the football. Rashad Jennings has had some fumbling issues. Um, and the defense... Beckham had a borderline fumble in that yeah. opener, too. I mean, it was, a, you know, yeah. they, they just called uh, incomplete pass, but it was close. So, and, and as for the defense, I mean, you know, they had the three big turnovers against Dallas. Um do I think they'll continue to get turnovers here and there? Yes, but I don't think they're going to be a dominant team that's producing two, three, four turnovers a game. So I think the Giants, they might end the year with a positive uh, turnover rate margin, but I think it's probably not going to be as uh, emphatic as it has been. Sometimes it's just the way the ball bounces if you look at it. Look, they muffed the punt. Dwayne Harris muffed the punt. Orleans Dark was saved his behind big time. Uh, Eli Manning fumbled actually a second time in an Atlanta game. And the Giants got ridiculously lucky, even though they couldn't take advantage of it later. But it ended up getting knocked forward seven yards for a first down on third and six or whatever it was. So there's a lot of luck to it. So I'm a believer. Sometimes there always seems to be one team each year that doesn't have a good defense but is able to produce turnovers and the ball just seems to bounce in their favor. For some reason, I think the Giants are going to be on the positive this year of that. And they're going to be – 
this is going to be a, a theme of the team. The defense isn't going to be very good or great, uh, but they are going to be able to create turnovers. It's part of the relentlessness that Steve Spagnola is uh, preaching. And the fact of when you play the way Spagnola plays, meaning he blitzes a lot, they're very aggressive. I think that's part of what comes along with it is they're going to give up big plays, but they're also, and they're going to give up a lot of yards, but they're also going to be able to create turnovers. So, and as long as the offense doesn't just completely, you know, Eli doesn't start throwing three or four interceptions a game, which I just said before, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, maybe once or twice this year, he's going to have a bad game like that. But uh, I just think that this just seems like it's going in that, in that direction this year. It's going to be one of those years for them with the turnovers. It does. And that would be obviously for the Giants, a positive thing. Uh, any way Gives they you a can. way better chance to win. I mean, that's for sure. Right. Any way you could, you could you know, move that turnover differential in your favor, uh, I think Tom Coughlin's going to take that. Jordan, you mentioned the defense. And, you know, we know their deficiencies in talent. We know where they aren't, you know, great on the defensive side of the football. But maybe they will have one of those years. The one thing I've noticed they have done pretty well here through three games, they did it on Thursday night against two backs that had run well the week before in Alfred Morris and Jones from the Redskins, they're stopping the run pretty well. All things yeah, considered, this is huge. Yeah, and that may, if you can make a team one-dimensional, you give yourself that much better of a chance. Jordan, we'll go to you first on this one. Are you believing in this run defense? Hankins in the middle. Beeson obviously makes a difference. Are you believing in what you saw Thursday with the run defense? What's going on, Joe? I'm like an ultimate believer here. You think of all this believing I'm doing, they're going to go 14-2. and two. Uh, I mean, I'm a believer in this. The run defense has improved. I think they have some good pieces there. Look, George Selvey and Kerry Wynn were the two starting defensive ends the other night. They're sort of limited players, not great pass rushers, not, not overly explosive. But those two guys on the edges, I think, are big. They're good run defenders. That's the skills that they bring to the table. Kerry Wynn is a very good run defender. We've seen that now in two straight games. Jonathan Hankins also. I know he had a good sack number last year. I, I don't look at him as a dominant pass rusher at all from that defensive tackle position. Uh, he, but he is a dominant deep, uh, run stuffer. So if they get anything else from that other spot so far, they've been okay there. Marcus Kuhn, Cullen Jenkins. Uh, Jay Bromley has probably played the best of the three, in my opinion. He's, a good, he's been a good run stuffer for them in that spot. John Beeson. And De Devon Kennard is huge in regards to this run stuffing. He's a very physical player, and I think he's very good in that regard. And Beeson's only going to help. Landon Collins, that's his strength. Merriweather, that's his strength as well. Prince, that's probably his biggest strength as a cornerback is the fact that he's one of the best tackling cornerbacks I've seen in a long, long time. So all these guys, their strengths seem to play towards being good run defenders. So I'm a believer. I think this is going to be a good run-stuffing unit. James, how about for you? Thursday night was good. Can they keep that going? They're going to have a big test coming up on Sunday when they go to Buffalo. Not only, not only LaShawn McCoy, who's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring, but the rookie Carlos Williams has run really well. I was watching a little bit of him last Sunday against the Dolphins. It, it will be a test for the Giants' defense in Buffalo. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, look, it's, it's a Rex Ryan team. It's ground and pound. Um, I am, yes, I, I'm with Jordan. I believe this can continue to be a very good, potentially dominant run-stopping defense. But as you said, you know, you take away the run, you make a team one-dimensional. The Giants aren't exactly stopping anybody in the passing game right now. I think they've allowed over a thousand yards in the air through three games. So it's almost like, yes, you're, you're making a deep offense one-dimensional by taking away the run, but you really can't stop the pass right now either. 
Yeah, they're allowing 410 a game. So what, 410 a game and 70-something is running. So do the math, that's 300-plus easy. 340, really, I think. It's a lot. I guess if you're going to you know, stop one, maybe the other one um, is going to beat you there. I'm going to ask this next question. I already feel like I know the answer um, because there's probably only one answer considering his career thus far. But I have to ask you, based on what he did Thursday night, he was the leading receiver for the New York Giants. That would be Ruben Randall. We'll go to Jordan first, and I can, just, I can hear him turning negative on this one. Do you believe in what we saw from Ruben Randall on Thursday night against the Redskins? Yeah, consider me a non-believer of that that level of Ruben Randall. Uh, he's not an explosive player. We haven't seen him really be explosive. What I think we saw was the Giants utilize him, and I've been saying this for a while now, to the skills that he brings to the table. And they're so finally he has, listening to you. Finally, they're if, listening to you. It's definitely not because Tom Coughlin wants to listen to me. He, uh, that's, that's not his priority for sure. <laughs> but, no, look, listen. They have Ruben Randall. His skill, he's not explosive. He's not the best route runner. His skill is to go up in the air and catch the football. You throw the ball up in the air when he has one-on-one down the field, even if there's a guy on him, that's where he can be useful. And they had two big plays. That's where a good chunk of his yardage came from, were those two long, big plays. Granted, maybe the, bo- the, the bobbling one was a little lucky. But, hey, you know, he's, a, he's good at playing the ball in the air. That's his best skill, in my opinion. And the Giants, if they use that, he could be a useful player. But he's not going to be able to do that consistently. It's not something where he's going to be wide open. He's going to get five catches a game for 100 yards or seven for whatever he had, 100 and whatever. Uh, was it seven for 110? Something like that. But anyway, whatever the numbers are, I'm not a believer that Ruben Randall can continue to do that. He can make an occasional big play that can help them out, especially as a third guy if Victor Cruz could come back and give you anything. And uh, I think that's sort of what Ruben Randall is right now at his point of his career. Remember, he caught four passes for 28 yards in the first two games combined. Four for 28. And then he went seven, and like you said, a little over 110. So he had a big night on Thursday. Yeah, he talked to – apparently after the game they were saying Coughlin told him he was going to have a big night, and it worked out for them. James, how about for you? Ruben Randall, we watched him have his breakout game of this season so far – do you believe he can keep it up? Do you believe he can be, you know, a consistent contributor here for the Giants, more than just a catch or two for a couple yards a game? Uh, I don't believe he can go out there and have 100 yards receiving a game. I, I don't think anyone does. Um, I do think that if Victor Cruz is back and he's healthy and he's producing, that, that Randall could definitely have his moments and he could have his spots. I mean, look, if Cruz is healthy, I think the Giants have a pretty good thing going with Cruz, Randall, and Beckham. Um, and I think Randall could be that guy who has some big games here and there because the defenses are focusing on Beckham and Cruz. But I, I, I agree with Jordan. I just don't think Randall is not built. He's not an explosive wide receiver. So to ask him to be this big-time playmaker, I think it's a bridge too far. Look, look, Joe, he, has, he still has 130-something yards in three games combined where the only Giants receiver that was of any threat was Odell Beckham. That's an average of 40-something yards per game, less than 50 yards a game. So, uh, you know, what are you really expecting from Ruben Randall? If you're expecting 75 yards a game, a couple more 100-yard games, I think you're overshooting. I think that's fair. Based on what he's done and based on who he is, um, that's a lot to ask from him. But James mentioned the return here, the pending return, 
of Victor Cruz, and you know he said himself, and it feels like we're moving towards he'll be on the field in Sunday on Sunday in Buffalo. We'll see if there's a setback or not, but as of now, it feels like Cruz will return. So Jordan, we'll go to you first on this one. Victor Cruz's return. There's going to be a lot made about what he and Odell Beckham can be together. Now, since the summer, since we've been doing this podcast, really starting last spring, you have been trying to be the voice of reason, I think, on this and saying, you know, pump the brakes on Cruz. We can't expect him to be his old self right off the bat because, you know, we just don't have much information on a guy coming back from this kind of injury. What are we thinking about Cruz? Do you, are you believing he and Randall can, you know, starting Sunday in Buffalo, be a very dynamic duel, or is this going to take some time? Well, I've been a. As you said, a big voice of reason here of saying you need to have realistic expectations here for Victor Cruz. He's not going to come back and be the Victor Cruz that you everyone ex- expected, you know, if he wasn't injured or what he was two years ago. I mean, he's coming off a serious knee injury, hasn't taken a snap in almost a full calendar year. And then he had a deal off the field, didn't do any running for five, almost six weeks with a calf injury. So you have to sort of recalibrate those expectations. Now that's one end of it. And then on the other end of it, will Victor Cruz help this team immediately? Of course he will. Do you know how many catches the Giants had out of their slot receiver, Dwayne Harris, the other night against the Washington Redskins? Zero. What did they get from Preston Parker the first two weeks? Close to zero. He had he was averaging three yards per target. They can't get any less from that position right now. So Cruz being back, automatic instant upgrade just based on the fact that they haven't gotten anything from that spot this year from the third wide receiver. But should we expect Victor Cruz to be a dominant player and say, oh, how is he going to be – how the Giants going to be with Cruz and Beckham and basically lump them together as two dominant players? Very unrealistic in my opinion. It's Odell Beckham on like level 20 and Victor Cruz on level 5 right now. That's going to be where they're at in my estimation. When Victor Cruz first comes back now – Talk to me in six weeks from now, four weeks from now, it might be a little different. We just have to see how this goes. But we're talking right away, first game back, first two weeks back, first three weeks back. Got to pump the brakes and have realistic expectations for what Victor Cruz can give this team. It is amazing, James, on the other side of this, you know, talking about Beckham Cruz, what the duo could be together. Everyone loves to talk about it, loves to imagine it. And, you know, they've been teammates, I guess you could say, for you know, more than a full season now into this year, but they've only played, I believe, five quarters together because they had that one game last year against the Falcons, and then Cruz got hurt the next week early in that game against the Philadelphia Cruz Eagles. played terrible in that Falcons game, too, if you remember. He dropped right. a bunch of passes, yeah. Yeah, so really, they, I mean, really they really haven't played together. James, for yeah. you, when you think about the duo, are you believing right now they could step in on Sunday if Cruz is back out there and, and really become what everyone thinks they could be? I mean, I think it's a lot to ask of Victor Cruz on day one back. Um, look, it, it's going to be a major shot in the arm for the Giants to have him out on the field. Uh, it's going to be a big boost morale-wise, and there's going to be a lot of excitement. But it, this is not going to be like a video game on Sunday. Um, they're not going to both go off for eight catches and 100 yards and a touchdown. And Odell everything. probably will. Odell, yeah, Odell probably will. Victor, I think... Jordan's right. This is a team that's been running Preston Parker and Dwayne Harris out in the slot for three weeks. If Cruz can give them five catches for 50 yards for the next couple of weeks 
and a little bit of excitement and, and mojo, then it's going to be worth everything they could get out of them. That's um, more than they got in the first three games combined from those two guys. I mean, come on, five practices for 50 yards. That shows you how little they've gotten from that third wide receiver position. No, I, I just think, look, maybe someday the Beckham Cruz offensive explosion will will happen, but it's not going to happen in Buffalo. I, I think small steps, I'm sure Victor Cruz will be on some sort of a pitch count. He'll ease his way back in. Um, so I, I think down the road it could be a def, definitely be an explosive group. I think it'll be a big boost for the Giants, but it, it's a little bit early to start thinking about what they're going to be able to do together. Second half of the season, That's if Cruz could stay healthy, that's where I think you could be excited about what those two can do. I mean, you know, that'll give Victor some time to come back and really get back to the level that you're kind of expecting from Victor Cruz. And if he gets there and the Giants have him there along with Beckham, maybe we could see it um, like a lot of Giants fans have hoped for. Right, yeah, just, more- just, hey, just hang around. Just get, get you know, be at that point after eight games where they're in that position. That's, I think, the goal for this team. You know, get, get to uh, four and four. Be at four and four after eight. I know their schedule's kind of favorable here. Be at four four after eight. Get a couple lucky breaks with some injuries and maybe a couple quarterbacks going down that they're playing. Who knows? And have Cruz and Beckham in the second half of the season being that dynamic duo. Then maybe you have something. Maybe they have something brewing in that case. You could. Yeah, I was going to say. Go ahead, James. I was just going to say, after a a rough preseason and training camp, the Giants are kind of healthy right now. Um, You know, Cruz is coming back. Uh, you know, obviously you have guys like Ayers and Flowers and Oa out, but it seems like those are little bumps and bruises things that should progress relatively smoothly from here on out. So, you know, they're in pretty good shape health-wise right now. Well, we need to see these guys get back on the field first, James, and then not only get back on the field, but stay on the field. When you have yes. guys like Robert Ayers has a hamstring injury, you know, Cruz had a calf injury. These are not – these are sometimes could be tough injuries, foot injury for Oa. These are sometimes injuries that can linger, that can be problematic, that can come back. So there's a lot, you know, you still have to hold your breath here and see these guys on the field and get them back, get them through practices, get them through some games before we could put it and say, okay, this is all completely passed. It's funny, I think you guys just segued into what I wanted to touch on with, you know, what we've seen so far, what's coming next. We'll go to Jordan first in this because you were talking about some of these guys coming back. Are you believing that we have seen rock bottom for the Giants already this year. I mean, look, we'll, we'll see where this season ends up and how long they're able to stay in this and compete in a, in a kind of a weird division this year. But that was a tough first two weeks, the way they lost there. They were, had some injuries early in the season, obviously playing without Cruz, without Beatty at left tackle. Do you think that the beginning of this season, when it's all said and done, is going to be the worst part of this season for the Giants? Yeah, I'm a believer in that. They, they, look, the way they lost the opener was just ridiculous. Uh, the way they blew week two, that was demoralizing. They have – I know this week is a tough game. Could be one and three. You know, they got to go into Buffalo against a good team. If Buffalo plays well, it's going to be a really tough game for the Giants to win. But they have San Francisco the next week at MetLife. San Francisco looks like just the total abomination right now. So unless they lose that San Francisco game and the Buffalo game, that might be rock bottom if they blow the San Francisco game in a similar way. Otherwise, I think we're past it. I think the likelihood is we're, we're past rock bottom at this point. We're looking at a chance. I mean, 
they should be at least mediocre. They shouldn't be just a complete, you know, dumpster fire. I just don't see that. The first two games were really bad. They would have to be a pretty much a dumpster fire at some point to reach that low again. So I'm going to say they have reached their low point. How about for you, James? With this Giants team, the first two weeks, do you believe those first two games, the way they lost, that's going to be the worst and most negative reaction we have on this podcast all year? Or do you think there's a chance that that's maybe more of a precursor of what's to come? I think that the first two games will probably be the low point. I mean, look, I think there still could be some rough points. I mean, I think there's a very good chance that the Patriots are going to come in to MetLife in October and just tear them apart. Um, that obviously probably wouldn't be a fun situation for them. and, and obviously, That's you know, almost they, expected, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, it is expected, but, you know, if, you know, who knows? The Patriots, it's one thing to expect to lose the Patriots, but if they show up when you're going good and they drop 50 points on you at home, you know, that could be an issue. And obviously, you know, I could see there being a rock-bottom situation if they can actually sustain themselves in this race and then all these issues come right back up at the worst time. But look, as John Mara said uh, over the weekend, those, those first two games were about as tough as it gets. Um, you know, since you know he's been around the Giants for much longer than I have. So, yeah, I think that is probably rock bottom. Um, I don't know if this is a playoff team. I, I still don't think they are. But I agree with you. And I think they can be mediocre from here on out at least. And, and this will be looked back on as the worst period of the year. Yeah, they're going to lose a game somewhere along the line here where, you know, like a Tampa, in Tampa or something later in the season or uh, who else do they play? Uh, the, the Saints or, or something like the that. The Dolphins. This, yeah, this team isn't good enough where you look at them and they're like, and they're, you're just going to roll through all the bad teams that they play, especially on the road. Uh, so there's going to be a couple more bad losses here, but the way, the way they lost those first two games make it that those are going to be worse then even if they have a big game against the Dolphins and, and the uh, Dolphins are, you know, hor- horrific at that point or something and, and uh, the Giants blow it or something. Still, still, those two losses were so bad, I think that's going to be the low point. Unless, unless somehow the Giants raise expectations to the point where people actually think they're a serious Super Bowl contender and then they, you know, have a complete letdown against the Buccaneers or something. But uh, I, I still, even when they lose one of those games, I still think the first two is going to be worse. All right, let's look at the NFC East after week three, and then we'll look ahead before we wrap this up at the Bills game coming up for week four for the Giants. So the NFC East, we all got a chance to watch the Redskins, who were coming off a win. We saw what the Giants were able to do to them and beat them. They're at 1-2 and two now. Giants at 1-2. and two. The Eagles were at 0-2. Oh they beat the Jets. Ugly game, but their defense came to play. And the Cowboys in their first game without Romo and, and Dez both. They blow a big lead and lose to Matt Ryan. And you look at the Cowboys, guys. Outside of the Saints game coming up in week four, where they might be facing a backup quarterback because Drew Brees has shoulder issues, they're going to face Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Russell Wilson. So they're going to go on a streak here of facing teams that have a better quarterback basically every week for a while. So you figure they're going to have some issues there. Thoughts on the NFC East? We'll start It'll be good game. to get Greg Hardy back, though, won't it? Well, I'm sure it will. I mean, that's that's a guy who can provide a pass rush, and they're going to need it to cover up their issues. All right, we'll start with James because uh, you chimed in on the Cowboys. Thoughts on the NFC East after the third week of the year? You watch the Redskins and then the Cowboys and Eagles. All right, thought number one is the Redskins are who we thought they were. They are abysmal. 
Forget about them contending in this division at all. I can't even believe, Joe, I bought into the Redskins being able to run the football on the Giants. I, I, I picked the, the Redskins to win on Thursday. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. It, it, was, it was a bad mistake. Never were, believe in the Redskins. Never. atrocious. Rule number one them. when covering the Giants. I've, I've seen very few wins. Almost all of them are against the Redskins. Okay. Uh, on the Cowboys, I think, first off, Brandon Whedon wasn't horrible on Sunday, but you don't trade for a guy like Matt Castle if you don't intend on him being the starting quarterback very soon. So my assumption is that at some point in the next couple of weeks, Castle will be the starting quarterback, and I think he will give the Cowboys a little bit better chance to win than Whedon will. But as you said, the Cowboys have a very daunting schedule. I think they're in a lot of trouble. I think they really had to hold on and beat Atlanta on Sunday to set themselves up to try to weather this storm. And you know what? I know Sam Bradford hasn't looked very good. Um, I know the Eagles' offense has looked out of sync. But that defense is really impressive. And, you know, I I still think the Eagles are probably going to win this division when it's all said and done. Um, I I still think they're the class of the division. And uh, I think the Giants are probably maybe on par with the Cowboys at the moment. But I, I still think the Eagles are ahead of them. Look, before, I'm not even going to talk before about... Before you give your thought, I just because you mentioned the Redskins and how the Giants always beat them. Since the start of 2013, the Giants are 5-0 and against the Redskins, 9-21 and against the rest of the NFL. Yep, that's pretty much what I've seen so far since I started covering this team. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, the Re- it's the Redskins. If they could put them on the schedule six to eight times a year, they'd be in good shape. But that just doesn't work that way. But that's enough talking about the Redskins. Let's get rid of them. Come on. We, the, nobody really believes that they're serious contenders in the NFC East. And if you did, that ended this week when they played the Giants. Kirk Cousins, not good enough. Weapons, not good enough. Defense, not good enough. Special teams, forget about it. They make the Giants special teams the last couple of years look just, you know, perfect, like perfection. So let's go to the other two teams. I'm a little different than James here. If the, if the Dallas Cowboys can rely on their – offensive line in their running game, and they could get these wins against the Saints and the Giants in these next four weeks, lose to the Patriots and the uh, Seahawks. They could just find a way to split those four games. You get out of there. You're four and three. You're starting to get your guys back. Greg Hardy's going to be starting to get in shape. Randy Gregory's coming back. Obviously, Tony Romo, Des Bryant. Then all of a sudden, the, the Dallas Cowboys are still in serious business there. I still think that this team is going to be a force to re- be reckoned with. I, after watching the Eagles, I don't see them, you know, winning, running off and winning 10, 11, 12 games uh, this season. They're just not good enough. Sam Bradford is just not playing well enough right now. Not even close. He looked terrible yesterday. Uh, the, the, the Giants, I mean, the Eagles are lucky that they have great special teams and their defense is playing really well. I still think they'll win a lot of games. Look, the Eagles' next three games, are the Redskins, the Saints, and the Giants. It's really, I think, I would not be surprised at all if the Eagles get out of this stretch, especially that game against the Giants is a Monday nighter at home in Philadelphia. The Eagles really should get out of that stretch and be 4-2. and two. I mean, there's no reason why the Eagles should lose to the Saints, the, the, the Redskins, or the, or the Giants when they're playing on a Monday night in Philadelphia. So if the Eagles take care of business here in these next three weeks, they're 4-2 and two and they're sitting in good shape. And all of a sudden, they gave they bought themselves time for them to get their offense in gear and to get Sam Bradford caught up and hopefully get something better out of him. And if you don't, really, they're going to have to turn to Mark Sanchez soon enough because Mark Sanchez is better than what Sam Bradford gave him yesterday, I can tell you that. So 
I think the Eagles and the Cowboys still in decent position. Uh, both better spots than the Giants. And the Giants have their work cut out for them. Uh, you cross your fingers with you're the Giants and you say, hey, I hope we are beyond the point where some of these injured guys are and we can get some of them back. We can get Victor Cruz back and get him up to up to speed and get him in a, a couple weeks, like we said, back to even three-quarters of the player he once was, get Robert Ayers back, maybe get something out of OOO Diggy Zua, uh, you know, up and down the board, DRC come back and play well, and the defense starts to come together a little bit, and then I think that's your hope, ray of optimism for the Giants, is that little by little they can get a few more pieces back and just become a little bit better team. The special teams are improved, the turnovers are positive, and the quarterback's playing well. Those are three good signs. Good signs, and we'll see if they keep going as we head to week four. Let's preview this game. Let's talk about week four. The Giants will be in Buffalo. This is a very, I think it's a really interesting game because the Bills have come out of the chute. Um, they lost that game to the Patriots in week two, but they won in week one. They beat up Miami in week three. Uh, you know they're going to play good defense. They are a good defense before Rex Ryan arrived. You know they're going to be a good defense with him. And you look up, I mean, this is before Monday Night Football we're recording this, but as of right now, unless it's a very, very high-scoring game on Monday night between the Packers and Chiefs, only three teams in the NFL have scored 100 points this year. Forget about the defense. That's the Patriots, that's the Bills, and that's the Cardinals. So the Bills are scoring some points with Tyrod Taylor. You know they could play defense. They could run it. James, your thoughts on this matchup Sunday. The Giants, Cruz, if he's back and on the field, that's a, a positive for them. But this is not an easy game against the Buffalo Bills team. No, this was a game that coming to the season I, I had down as a Giants loss. Um, we'll make our picks later in the week. Uh, I'll have to reevaluate re that situation. No, I, I think look, it's a Rex Ryan coach defense. They're gonna, they're gonna come punch on, in James. Mouth. Who do you think? Who do you think you're fooling, James? What what have you seen so far that's gonna make you flip on that? I don't know. I just want to create a little suspense for the for the viewers, the listeners. Um, I, I think that look, you know, I think another thing that people know says. It's probably going to be a raucous, out of control environment up there in Buffalo. Um, you know, it almost seems like it might be a college atmosphere there. I think it's a very tough game for the Giants. You know, that defense is tough. And, and look, I think it's pretty clear that Tyrod Taylor is not Mark Sanchez or Geno Smith. I, I think that he's shown that he can play a little bit. And you know, obviously, look, if Watkins and McCoy are out, and that seems like it's up in the air, that's a big help for the Giants. But but Carlos Williams has been sensational of late. He's looked better than LaShawn McCoy so far to date anyway. I mean, you saw him run yesterday. He easily looked like the better of the two backs. He looked great. I mean, and he's got those fresh legs, and Rex had that early in his tenure with the Jets. Um, they've been good so far. I, I think the key for me, Jordan, would be you look up right now at the early season turnover difference. I mean, the Bills are plus five, Giants plus four. Yep. Uh, that can't, I mean, both teams can't be plus whatever in this game. That might be the game right there. Yeah, I mean, it is. So you got to get you got to get Tyrod Taylor to make mistakes. I mean, the Giants did it to Kirk Cousins. I think it's going to be a little harder because uh, Tyrod Taylor has just better team around him all around. Uh, you know, that Bills defense is very good. I think that's – even though the numbers don't really show it, I think that's sort of what this team is still built around. That's a big reason why they have scored those 100 points, Joe. I know, uh, you know, the numbers don't always show it, and it's hard to see when you just look at straight points, but – and the Bills' defense has given up a lot of yards. But part of that is because of the games that they've been in. Uh, yes, the Patriots tore them apart, but I don't think anyone anyone right now can probably stop Tom Brady and the Patriots. 
Uh, the other two games they were in, they had big leads early and were kind of just, you know, holding on. The other teams were throwing the whole game. So the numbers there can be a little misleading. But this is a tough spot. I'm going to be Mr. back to my Mr. My usual Mr. Pessimistic mode. Uh, I, don't, I see this being a tough week for the Giants, a tough game for the Giants. Uh, the Giants on the road in that atmosphere against that Bills defense. Uh, the Bills offense really just has to do enough to make plays, and against the Giants defense, everyone's been able to make some plays so far. Even the Redskins made a bunch of plays. So they, they botched it eventually, but uh, there, are, there are plays to be made out there against this Giants defense, and it's hard for me to see the Giants going in there at this point. they got to prove to us that they can go in there and win a tough road game first before I think I'm, anyone's going to be really sold that they can go and do it. So let's see them do it. And this is their first, you know, real test uh, after the opener, which they should have won. I mean, they should have done it. They should have gone into, into Dallas and won, but they didn't. Uh, and unless they create those three turnovers like they did in Dallas, they won't even have a chance. They were they won the turnover ratio three to nothing in Dallas. Three to nothing. And produced 17 points just from their defense alone and still lost to a good team. So they have to sort of be that much better than the other team, I think, on the road in order to win a road game against a good team. It's a good point. We'll find out coming up Sunday, the Giants in Buffalo. Here's what we know. They're 1-2. and two. We at least have something to talk about. A season here. They're off the schneid. They have a win. If they win another one, uh, things get a little more interesting after that. Yeah, and that 3-3 three and three because they got San Francisco on deck. That's a game they absolutely should win. Certainly should. And you mentioned earlier, Jordan, that Niners team looks awful right now. So uh, a chance to turn this thing around. If they can go to Buffalo and get a win, we'll have a real, real conversation to have as we head into October. Uh, everyone, this was fun. Appreciate you listening. James, thanks for being part of the show. No problem, Joe. My pleasure as always. Thanks, Jordan. You got it, Joe. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Everyone, thanks for listening to Episode 25 of Talk is Cheap right here on NJ.com. Make sure to subscribe, iTunes, and on Stitcher. Leave us a rating there. If you like the show, if you hate the show, whatever, make sure you give us a rating. It helps as we grow this show moving forward. This was episode 25. Everyone have a great week. We'll be back after the Bills game on Talk of Peace.